Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Happy Wednesday, buddy. Happy Wednesday. It's the middle of a bonus week. Absolutely. Middle of a bonus, bonus week. Bonus psalm. Bonus. Bonus psalm of Text Talk. We're going to be starting Season 2 on Monday, which is going to be jumping into the Gospel of Matthew. Super excited about it. But in the meantime, it is Psalm 53, bonus week. Psalm 53, I'm going to read from the NIV today. For the director of music, according to Mahalath, a mascal of David. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Everyone has turned away. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will the evildoers never learn? Those who devour my people as men eat bread and who do not call on God. There they were overwhelmed with dread, where there was nothing to dread. God scattered the bones of those who attacked you. You put them to shame, for God despised them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when God restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. I picked up something here in reading. I'm okay. going to jump in. I, know right. you were, well, I was. You were going to say something, but I got to. Verse 4, when we think about this carrying on from 14 to 53 and all that we said yesterday about being on both sides of the event of deliverance, it just really hit me, at least the way the NIV has it. Will the evildoers never learn? You know, we gave you Psalm 14. We told you you needed to repent and quit being foolish, but you never learn. Hey, man, uh, that works with what I was going to say. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Will the evildoers never learn? The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Why do we keep having these fools? Why is it always, you know, people come along and they say there's no God. They reject the idea of God. And I began to think, is there... Someone in the Bible that we can look at and say, well, now there's an example of a fool. There's someone who says there's no God. Well, I'm assuming the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> yes, I think there is. Well, I know. Yeah. And I and I know you do. And we'll have to talk <laughs> about that. I guess I was I was sitting here thinking, who who else? Who else? Um which I, I maybe it'll come to me later as we're talking. So the fool you've got in mind is <laughs> Nabal. <laughs> and the reason why well, I loved how you got to Nabal too, because you were telling me like, oh man, look at look at the historical context. Look at the settings of these Psalms and Psalm 52 and Psalm 54, and it lines up with the events going through First Samuel and and the historical narrative in the middle. In 1 Samuel chapter 25, and David's dealing with Nabal and the lovely Abigail. Yeah, so let me tease that out a little bit here. <laughs> we just pull the curtains back. Everybody ignore the man behind the curtain as we just give away how we work this <laughs> podcast. So, yes, when you look at Psalm 52, the heading, yes, the psalm we covered last week, the heading was all about when Doeg told Saul, hey, I saw David with Ahimelech, yeah. which that's a story that takes place from 1 Samuel 21 to 1 Samuel 22. Mm-hmm. Then we have the psalm we're studying this week. Right. We have the psalm that we're going to study in season four. <laughs> 
a year from now, maybe, if the Lord wills. <laughs> the Lord wills. Um, a lot could happen between now and then. A lot then. could happen between now and then. But uh, that one has a heading mm-hmm. that connects it to David's interaction with the Ziphites, which takes place from 1 Samuel 23 to 1 Samuel 26. Mm-hmm. We have them mentioned in both of those chapters of 1 Samuel. Smack in the middle of that is 1 Samuel 25, where David interacts with Nabal and Abigail. And his name means fool. I mean, isn't that something? So as we talk about same old song with a new meaning because of a new context, if we're if we're walking along in these psalms, I think it's really supposed to call that to mind. Even though I don't know that it was written at that circumstance, because yeah. had it been, as we've got these psalms being labeled, I think that would have been brought out. But we are, I think, supposed to go back and remember this example of a fool, Nabal. Well, and I know you've done lots of study on Nabal and looking at this account. It's a fascinating idea that you present there because I, I love the idea of tying a story to a song, like as as a memory device, right? Um, my my kids were talking about, uh, what were they talking about? I don't know, some, some type of math homework, and, and Aaron is trying to help Olivia. Olivia's a few years behind. She's mm-hmm. like, well, remember the little song that goes, and how, ever how they sang the song? And if I had have paid attention, I'd probably be better at math today. But the point of the story is that when we can tie information to a song, there's this recall there. There's this review. And I, I, I just love the idea of, here we have, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Let's talk about Nabal. Yeah, and, tell the and, story and of even Nabal. God's deliverance. I mean, the the more the more that uh, you know, I think through Psalm fifty three, the more it really lines up nicely with some of these things. Mm. So you know, the situation you've got in in quick strokes is this: that David's on the hideout with his men. Nabal is a rich fellow. He's got lands and he's got vineyards and he's got crops. And uh, the Philistines are running wild and other invading forces in Israel at that time. Saul, the king, is too busy hunting David to really be about the business of securing his own borders. And so David and his men have basically been lookouts and scouts keeping protection over all the local citizenry where they're living, including Nabal. Okay, So then harvest time comes. This should be a time of joy, right, and sharing the bounty with all all the servants, and David feels like, how about the security guards too? How about all the help? And sends a little message in there to Nabal. Um, hey, share some of these goods with us because we've been helping you out here. Again, broad strokes, I'm paraphrasing. And Nabal says, no, I I, I don't know who you are. I, I don't care. <laughs> I didn't ask. You know, no. And he specifically, doesn't he specifically call to mind the fact that, okay, you're rebelling against the king? Yeah, you're an outlaw. Yeah, you're an outlaw. You're a rebel. Why should I serve you? Why should I serve you? When this information gets back to David, he is, again, paraphrasing, fit to be tied. He is so angry uh, that he tells all of his men, get your swords. We're going to go to Nabal's house, and we're going to kill every last one of them. Well, in the meantime, some of these messenger servants who knows what's going on Go and talk to Abigail, the lovely wife of Nabal, a wise woman. And this is the words of the servant as they speak to Abigail. Uh, Verse 17, Now therefore know and consider what you will do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a scoundrel that one cannot speak to him. And that word scoundrel is literally son of Belial, a son of worthlessness, a son of refuse. (laughs) 
That's what the that's what the servants think of him. This fella is bringing death upon us all. No one can say a word to him. You've got to do something, Abigail. And so she loads up the pack mule with all kinds of goodies, and she goes and she stops David in his track. She goes to meet him. She bows before him, and she pleads and entreats with him. David, you are going to be king. You've been chosen by God to be the king. Don't take your own revenge on Nabal. You don't want to start being king with the blood of Nabal on your hands. His name is Nabal. He's a fool, and that's what he is. He's a fool. And, you know, and I just read that. I'm like, bless your heart, Abigail. He's such a fool but he's my fool. <laughs> so, so she's got to save his life, which she does. He relents. David relents. No murder is done that day. As the story continues on, word comes to Nabal what Abigail had done to save his life. He goes into such a shock and he goes into such a stupor that he actually dies. And then when uh, David hears that Nabal is dead, he's like, the Lord has avenged me. And Abigail's a wonderful woman. I'm going to make her my wife. And so he takes her as queen. So at the end of all of this, the bones of the one who was encamped against David are scattered. That's exactly right. Calling to mind that language from Psalm 53. As you were telling the story again here, it, it really, for me, set up a contrast between this psalm and the previous psalm, the one that r- called to mind the psalm story 14. of Doeg. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 Psalm 52. 52. Yeah. yeah, the previous one here in this context, calling to mind this event with Doeg and Saul. Okay, so what I was thinking was, you know, if I'm Nabal, I might have actually heard what happened to the last guy that gave David bread, which we brought up in Psalm 52. What happened to that guy? Yeah, Ahimelech the priest, and it didn't even matter he was a priest, he was murdered, like all the priests were murdered. He and the men and the women and the children, and so now here's Nabal that won't give David bread, and David is about to do to Nabal what Saul and Doeg did to Ahimelech and his family. And so what we've got is this story where David is about to fall into the same condemnation and the same trap as King Saul as King Saul and Doeg and Abigail comes along and saves him mm-hmm. from being a fool. She speaks wisdom to him reminding him about God's plan and God anointing him as king. You need to live like there is a God. Yes. I so when I hear this story, I think of the contrast between Abigail, excuse me, Abigail and Nabal. And I realize that the contrast is not an intellectual atheism. I know when we talked about Psalm 14, we demonstrated this not so much talking about intellectual atheism. It's not, I've looked at the evidence and I don't think there's a God out there. Right. It's more a practical atheism. Yeah. It's it's an atheism, atheism that says that even though, yeah, I give lip service to there's God out there and yeah, I believe God's out there, I don't make my decisions based on God. God doesn't come into how I view my world and how I live my life and how I decide to behave on the job or in my relationship with other people. Well, I mean, with Saul and Doag, they're killing the priests of the Lord. That's, yes. that's living like there is no God. That is living like there is no God. When I look at the contrast between how Nabal talks and how Abigail talks, when Nabal talks to David, all he mentions are the political concerns of the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Abigail talks about God, the Lord, his right. plans, his plans for David, his law for David, his will, and, and brings all of this into, look, okay, Nabal's a fool. Mm-hmm. He's saying in his heart that there is no God. He is not bringing God into the daily decisions. Don't act like that. Yeah. And David thanks her, 
thank you. You're right. This is the way I need to live. If it hadn't been for you, I would have committed this great evil. I'm so glad that you've stopped me. And of course, in the end, David gets blessed because of that. Abigail gets blessed because of that. And Nabal gets judged because of that. By God, God's hand. Which shows that, and and, and, Yeah. yeah, by God's hand, David did not have to take vengeance into his own hands. That's right. What he could do is wait on the Lord and take the Lord into account. So really, this idea of living like the fool, part of it is I'm going to try to do God's job. I'm mm-hmm. acting like God is not out there to do his job, so I'm going to do his job. David realized, no, no, I'm going to leave this job up to God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. So in verse 39 of 1 Samuel 25, So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. Mm. He saw that God had acted and judged and held him up for doing the righteous thing. I am reading and studying a book right now that's really talking about worldviews, and what what uh, this author, Nancy Percy, the name of the book is Total Truth, what she really highlights is that in our world, far too many of us Christians have bought into a uh, a two-story idea of the world. Right. There's the lower story that's all the facts and the figures and the empirical evidence, and then there's the upper story, and that's where we put things like values and morals and spirituality and religion. Mm-hmm. And that's led in our culture to, well, there's the real world, and then there's this religious world, mm-hmm. and it's and it's different. And the recognition that that's actually produced for Christians or people who claim to be Christians, I go to church on Sunday, but then Monday through Friday on the job, I don't actually even think about it. Oh, wow. And so she even used an illustration of a fellow whose job as a lawyer, Uh you know, he goes to church, he's a deacon in his church, he's high up, but Monday through Friday, his job is to figure out how his company can break contracts. Oh, wow. And even though, of course, you know, he's going to say, look, I don't lie on the job and I found the loopholes and this is absolutely legal. There's no connection to the idea that, you know, God says we're supposed to keep our word. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. And if your whole job is I'm going to figure out how to get out of my yeses and out of my no's through some type of loophole, I'm actually behaving in a very godless way. I've, I've divided off my world and I shouldn't do that. I need to recognize that that God needs to be a part of Every part of my life, not just Sunday, but all week long, not just at the church building, but at home, on the job, in the neighborhood, in my relationships. That is wise living. That is. So we learn from the psalm and we learn from Nabal uh, not to be a fool, not to be a practical atheist. Thanks so much for joining us today for Text Talk. Send us an email. Let us know what you're learning from the program. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org finds us. Text Talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this day, the time to be together and study your word. Father, we want to be wise. Amen. Wise. And so may we be humble before you to invite your truth, your total truth, into all of our life not act like an Abel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs>